0: Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to the sixth ever installment of In Real Life with Evan Halpern. I just happen to be named Evan Halpern, and for that reason, I will be your MC for the night. I have a little story for you guys. I was walking through my high school. Sorry, not my high school, my middle school. I was walking through. I worked there. I know what you're thinking. Yes, I'm 15. Yes, I have a job. I'm basically a responsible adult. But anyways, I was walking through my middle school and I saw a chart and on this chart I see the words becoming anti-racist and I think Well, that's pretty cool that would make a nice podcast episode I'm going to figure out if I'm anti-racist or not And if I'm not, I'm going to learn how to become anti-racist But before we get into that, let's learn a little bit about the chart On the bottom right of this chart is a website, and that website is for www.theworldwideweb.surgeryredesign.com. Now, I know what you're thinking. Surgery redesign? That has nothing to do with becoming anti-racist, and you would be correct. And yet, a man by the name of Andrew Monoir Ibrahim made a chart. And if you go to that website... The first thing that will come up is something along the lines of um, a picture with uh, a heading and then it's a website basically. You pull the website up, you get a website. Anyways, there are six little links that you can click to go to. So we're going to go down and just read them. We're going to go through this man's website, Andrew, Moni, or Ibrahim. So he says, mission, I believe everything we design and create can immeasurably improve health. I leverage my expertise in health design and data analytics to help complex organizations improve their products, places, and processes for health. I, as such, I have become an advocate in health in all design and deliberately collaborate across a a breadth of academic and private sectors. Now, we have not said anything about race, and that is his mission. So why is he making a chart like this? Let's continue. Go down, we go to research, shows where he's published papers. Papers like, hospital Design After COVID, Safe Surgical Care for Rural Communities, Social Vulnerability, and Access to Care. And he also released a PDF that is titled, Writing for Impact, How to Prepare a Journal, and a journal article and that that's not that doesn't have anything to do with race either. He was he was published in PubMed and Google Scholar, which are two pretty good publishers, but they also have nothing to do with race. So I I question why I'm doing this now. I I should probably should probably end this. No, no. You know what? We'll go on. So then he has some visual abstract Publications and demonstrations, which is his architecture. So he's an architect as well as a health person. He is a man of many things. Apparently, becoming anti-racist is indeed one of them. Then you go down to his current work, what he's working on: redesigning network delivery of healthcare, health and all design. And he uh, has a quote. Or actually, no, he picked a quote from Rear Admiral Boris Lushniak, an acting U.S. General Surgeon, Surgeon General, that says, Architects are public health workers. Don't know how that makes sense, but that is the quote. Then you go down a little bit more, and and we find the chart. uh, Becoming anti-racist. It is impossible to work on redesigning healthcare and health in all design without the lens and context of race. Inspired by the work of Dr. Kendi, the figure on the left reflects my journey towards becoming anti racist. Feel free to use, copy, and share. I hope that the journey informs the rest of your design and health work. So apparently, my middle school saw this, saw the words feel free to use, copy, and share, and decided it a good idea to copy, use, and share in a middle school. Still don't know what he has anything to do with becoming anti-racist, but I guess we're just putting like his journey of life on his thing now. I don't know. It's not even in his bio. It's just is in current work. What is this man doing? Anyways, we scroll down a little bit more. What if everything we design and build was done with health as a priority? Yada yada yada. We get to the bio finally. Andrew M. Ibrahim, MD, MSC, is an assistant professor of surgery, architecture, and urban planning at the University of Michigan and chief medical officer at HOK, a global design and architecture firm. Global design and architecture firm. Nothing to do with race yet. He completed his undergraduate and medical degree education both with honors at Case Western Reserve University. Truly renowned university there. And with a year of coursework at University College London and the Bartlett School of Architecture, in addition to his health services research degree from the University of Michigan as a Robert Wood Johnson clinical scholar, he completed additional policy training as a cryo fellow at Princeton University and Doris Duke fellow at Johns Hopkins Hospital. So he started off small, not to take a dig at the guy, although he is kind of a, well, we're not going to curse. He's not a good dude. Then he got a little bigger, University of Michigan, Robert Wood Johnson Clinical Scholar, Princeton University, Johns Hopkins Hospital. So he's working at some big places. Dr. Ibrahim's research at the interface of healthcare policy evaluation and architecture has resulted in numerous publications, book chapters, international presentations, and appointment to the editorial boards at the Annals of Surgery and the JAMA Network. He is one of the youngest senior principals at HOK and currently serves as the Innovation Principal on a more than $2 billion academic health center master plan. This is your money, people. Don't know how he got it, but it was yours at one point, and you should not be happy about that. Anyways, we can go to his University of Michigan health bio, and it tells you basically that. It tells you his specialty is surgery and and the area of practice is general surgery it gives you his phone number but i think that's his office phone number we might try to call him one time that might be interesting anyway it tells you all the same thing it tells you where he is located and tells you literally the exact same thing in research so to me oh it also tells you his recent podcasts and interviews that's interesting life at the interface of health architecture and covet unwired Uh, How I got here, a blueprint for the future of health, the exam room. Health Design 101 with Ellen Lupton, the Smithsonian Design Museum, Visible Voices. Leveraging design to communicate scientific research, Cambridge University. Health in all design, the design lab, four ways to design for equity after COVID, Fast Company. So, he doesn't really talk about race. However, he does have his pronouns in his bio, he is a he, him. And this seems to be an Indian dude, not to be racist, but it seems to be an Indian dude. Shoot, we, I really have to look at this chart now. If I'm saying not to be racist, wow, do I need help. Alright, so let's let's get into this chart. You can pull us up and follow along if you want, although you'd probably be happy or not. You, honestly, you should probably turn this off now. You'd probably be very happy that you're not going to listen to me. I have to read this, figure out where I am. But anyways... It's a chart. It says becoming anti-racist in a very small center in the middle. In a bigger circle, it says fear zone. In a bigger circle, it says learning zone. And in a bigger circle, it says growth zone. So, I don't, I'm not going to tell you exactly where I live, but I live in New Jersey. So this middle school is a fairly diverse place. There's really not a lot of racism going on in this place because of how diverse it is. I would say there's almost no racism going on, at least I didn't see any well in my time in middle school, so I don't really know why we need this chart. But it's there, and so we must look. So those are the four circles becoming anti-racist. There's nothing in that, just the name of the chart. And then in the other three zones, the fear zone, the learning zone, and the growth zone, there are statements, I guess. So it says, I, to begin every one. So we're going to read them, and we're going to break them all down. So in the fear zone, there are only four. I deny racism is a problem. See, that's a very general statement, because racism in general is a problem. In America, no. In this middle school, no. In New Jersey, no. Now, in America, it's a bigger problem than the middle school. And in New Jersey, it's a bigger problem than in the middle school, but generally, it, I would not call it a problem. When it happens at any point, it is a problem. Ah, there you go. I avoid hard questions. Now, this extremely resonates with me. Or resonates with me extremely. Because always, in any type of test that I take, if there are multiple questions and I only have to answer certain ones, always I, I try to avoid the hard questions if they ask me the geopolitical yada 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 no pass if there's a question like what's two plus two and I have to like write out a formula for it yeah I'll do that one instead thank you but about racism no I strive to be comfortable well yeah you should strive to be comfortable always and now if you say you should strive to be uncomfortable you're one of those eh, people I don't like you but also, no, that's, that's not right. You should strive to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Which, yes, I get as a paradox. But you started this argument, not me. So you should probably be quiet. I talk to others who look and think like me. Well, I mean, yeah, I talk to everybody. I'm a very outgoing person. So, yes, I talk to others who look and think like me. But I also talk to everybody else. Like I really don't not talk to people. I get if you're scared, you think you're a shy person, fine. But I talk to others who look and think like me. Well, yeah, I talk to everybody. So does this count? I don't know. We're left with more questions, Dr. Andrew Monier-Ibrahim. Your chart is more confusing, not less. What are you doing? Go back to designing buildings. Or actually, don't. If your buildings are anything like this chart, you should probably just go be, I don't know, gas station attendant? We have those in New Jersey. Still, I think we're, like, the last state. Just go work at, like, I don't know, McDonald's? Anyways, on to the next zone we go. Here, there are six statements. This is called the learning zone. I recognize racism is present and a current problem. Again, racism in general is a problem. I I don't really believe it's present and current. Certainly not in this middle school. But, yeah, I'm... Yeah, sure. I can recognize that racism is present and current for some people. I guess I. I really, I really hate this dude, Doctor Andrew. You're not liked by me. I seek out questions that make me uncomfortable. I don't seek out questions that make me uncomfortable, but I'll answer them, or I'll think about them, or I will ask them. Well, I won't ask them because that's uncomfortable. But if if Someone asks me a question and I don't like it, I will either say I don't like it and tell you why, or I will just tell you what the answer is or what my opinion on the answer is. Again, in tests, if we're talking about, I typically try to stay away from the questions that make me uncomfortable. I try to answer the 2 plus 2, but yeah, there you go. I understand my own privilege in ignoring racism. So I I believe this chart was made for specifically white people, just because that's what most charts like this are made for. But if you're, like, black or Hispanic or Asian, which, like, the left thinks is, like, the huge biggest target of racism, 24-7, 365, well then, what is your own privilege in understanding racism or ignoring racism? I don't really understand here so are only right white people supposed to read and say this chart it doesn't say that anywhere but i'm assuming i'm assuming that because well then otherwise how do you know the person has privilege in ignoring racism you dr andrew are indeed a bigot i educate myself about race and structural racism now, I'm going to say no to this because I don't know what structural racism is. Is he talking about like he's, he's digging from his architectural roots? It's like structural racism when Redwood doesn't bond with non-Redwood. Is this what he's talking about? I, I don't know. I educate myself about race. What is there to be educated on? Some people have more melanin in their skin. Some people have less. Skin tones are different. There, there's really no difference in race we sorry right there technical difficulty i apologize anyway there really is no difference between all different races we talk about it and we keep it alive but we really don't need to if no one made this chart i would be i would be happier and i would be less racist i am racist towards you dr andrew monier ibrahim not because you are a race that is not my own but because you are a shitty human being i'm i'm racist towards shitty human beings i'm vulnerable about my own biases and knowledge gaps i don't believe i'm vulnerable but i know that i don't know everything and everybody has biases i understand that i accept that but i don't believe i i don't even know what that means i'm vulnerable like I really I don't know how to answer that because I I absolutely actually do not know what that means. Sorry, <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna put it IDK NNA not applicable, because I truly just I I can't answer that. I'm sorry. Anyways, I listen to others who think and look differently than me. Well, yeah. I'm trying to t- I'm trying to take your becoming anti-racist chart. It's not even a test. It's just a chart, but. I'm trying to like understand it, understand where you're coming from. Not doing a very good job, because you're not a very good chart writer, sir. You need to practice. But yeah, I will listen to others and look who think and look differently from me. So so far I am both fearful of racism, but also learning about racism. So what happens if I'm all of these? Do I just like win? Do I win at life? Can we put a crown on my head? Well I have to get to the growth zone first, but I hope so. So in the growth zone, there are eight. And the first one is, I identify how I may unknowingly benefit from racism. Hold on, I'm going to let that marinate for a second. I'm going to give you like five seconds. I'm going to say it one more time. I identify how I may unknowingly benefit from racism. see the problem there, right, folks? going to get very close and be a little bit loud here, so you might want to turn your volume down If it's unknowing how can I identify it? Dr. Andrew Monier Ibrahim, you are not a smart person, are you? We need to figure out what buildings he's built and who he's performed surgery on because we may have some lawsuits on our hands. Ladies and gentlemen, I I would bet I would bet that we do. On to the next anyways. I promote and advocate for policies. Ooh, I promote and advocate for policies and leaders that I are anti-racist. That, ooh, you know what we should do? Every leader ever has to like look through this chart and like answer questions about it. <laughs> that way we know they're anti-racist. That wow. Never mind. I take back everything I said about about you, Doctor Andrew. I you are truly an exceptional mind in today's society. On to the next. I sit with my discomfort. What? Isn't the, the entire point about not being discomfortable or uncomfortable that you're supposed to strive to be more comfortable? Although no, because that's in the fear zone. So, striving to be comfortable and to be comfortable in general it means you are fearful. I, I this chart is so badly made, it doesn't even make sense. I sit with my discomfort. I'm discomfortable with this chart. I can't really do anything about it, so I'm sitting with it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give myself a yes for that one. Because I speak out when I see racism in action. Yeah. I very rarely see racism. In fact, I don't think I've ever really seen racism like live up in up in person that I can speak out about it. But I I would absolutely try to if I could if I could. If I ever saw racism, I absolutely would try to speak out against it. So, that's a yes. That that's the like one good question we've had so far. We've gone through many I educate my peers how racism harms our profession. No. No, I don't do that. Because I don't pretend like I know how racism harms my profession better than my peer would. What is my profession? I guess I'm a student, and also I am a teacher's aide. But I don't talk to the other teacher's aides about racism, because I'm white, Well, it's not because I'm white, but that's what the left would like me to say. So I'm going to say it. There, you happy? No, I don't do it. Why? Because if I did, if I tried to talk about racism, I would be scolded for it by the left. I don't let mistakes deter me from being better. Absolutely, I agree with this, just in life. See, so in in the growth zone, Dr. Andrew, you have some good lessons about life or good questions about life, but not about racism. You should, again, stick to architecture and surgery, although you really shouldn't stick to architecture and surgery. Well, maybe you should. I I doubt you should. I doubt you're very good at it. I yield positions of power to those otherwise marginalized. No? Well, this question is assuming that I yield my power to them because they are marginalized, so I'm going to go ahead and say no with that. I yield positions of power to people who deserve it more than I do, or I try to. Although I am amazing, I am one of the best humans ever, so that is very hard. But if there is someone better, I will yield my power to them. I surround myself with others who think and look differently than me. So first we go from talk to others, listen to others, and surround myself with others so what is surrounding myself because if i'm talking to them i'm surrounding myself with them in my opinion or does it mean like i have to be like right next to them like hugging them like crying about racism how it's affected their lives how it affects mine how i unknowingly benefit from it that's a really bad question i hate that question The unknowingly benefit one. We haven't even gotten this one yet. But anyways, I surround myself with others who think and look differently than me. Yeah. Again, it's a very diverse school. I'm in a very diverse town. So absolutely. Don't really have a choice, in fact. But this is really just just a horrible graph, horrible chart. I don't like it. But in my opinion, I have conquered it. Because fear zone, learning zone, growth zone, I am indeed in every single one. As I said, there are very few humans better than me. This proves it because I am all knowing and I am all fearing, learning, and growing. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening today. This is a bit of a longer episode, but I think it's probably my best yet. Now we have a very small sample size, but there is absolutely more to come. I am try I'm on YouTube now, however this episode will not be on YouTube. Hopefully the next one will be on YouTube. So you can now search me out on YouTube as well. Get me some subscribers so we can start growing. Start spreading the message of my beautiful thir- fifteen I, thirteen. Fifteen year old mind. Ladies and gentlemen, I am on Twitter. My handle is in real life with Evan Halpern. The I and in N is a one. Find me pretty easily. I am also on Spotify, Apple, pretty much everywhere, Pandora. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. This has been In Real Life with Evan Halpern. It's been a pleasure.